0: symbol right here. You guys recognize the fact that everyone knows what this means. We talk about freedom. Christ died to set us free. And we have a symbol of freedom right here. And uh, that's funny this is great we were there before um I just I want to recognize the fact that Danny mentioned we live in a country that not only not only can we come in freedom promoting the name of Jesus talking about celebrating what he did for us but it's also encouraged if if you look in the laws that are written in our country it's it's all over the buildings in fact it's on our money it's if you go to public buildings you see scriptures engraved everywhere I want you to feel this, okay? All day today, I have been in this, not just today, but this last week even, in this surreal time of coming up to this weekend. Now, does anybody know what tomorrow is or anybody not know what tomorrow is? Yes, it's Independence Day, and we need to understand and recognize and remember what this means. So, happy 246th birthday, America. Amen. Amen. So the message today is called, In God We Trust. And my question to you is, how true is this for you? Now... I want to start out just mentioning Roe versus Wade. That's uh, a symbol of success in God uh, taking back this country. There was a guy that he, he, couldn't, he couldn't decide about Roe versus Wade. And uh, his buddy kept pushing him to make a decision. And finally he said, well, that, just, that all depends how deep the water is. Sorry, some of you guys might get that later next week." Um, <laughs> I had to just lead into that really with a serious time so that you guys could not actually catch the joke. The, uh, I was talking to a couple friends of mine on, on a text and I said, you know, isn't it strange that nobody in the military is named Will? Because at some point, some commander is going to say, fire at will. <laughs> Sorry, this is a little, it seems might, might be a little, uh, I'm not making light of <laughs> <in> the <this> situation. <laughs> it just sort of came out in a text. I, I want you guys to recognize the monumental times that we live in. Okay, we can talk about... Uh, the specific court decisions or, or, you know, things that are current for us now, but it, this is a time in history that we will look back on and we will say, do you remember, do you remember what it was like? In fact, Dutch Sheets had a podcast where he mentioned, it was actually called the Post-Row Generation, and this is ROE, sorry, I was, the joke was on ROW, but if, if we go further, I, I really feel like we will be part of the post-abortion generation. Believe it with me. There will be a time, there will be a time, in the same way that we celebrate those that survived the Holocaust, we will be asked by future generations what it was like when 65 million children were sacrificed to the idols of Baal and Molech in America we will be asked, what was it like when children were just killed like that? Because that time is crumbling. Believe it with me. The Lord has spoken this. He's spoken it years ago. Abortion will be outlawed in this country. Allow your faith to go out. Don't say no way. Say yes. I believe it. We will be celebrating the victory of saved lives throughout this country for generations to come. Now again, Don't be condemned if anyone that you know or if you yourself have had an abortion out of ignorance. But repent, turn around, and let's get busy saving lives. Let's move. Okay? That's a a specific milestone in our country, but it's one milestone. I think it's important that we read some of what was written on that day in in Congress on July 4th, 1776, and I want you guys to hear the heart behind these words. If you can bear with me, as, we, as I go through this and read, I'm not gonna read uh, much, I'm just gonna pick a few sentences out, but listen to how they, how they wrote this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states. And then the last, and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Isn't it exciting that we can celebrate an event that happened? Back in 1776, the 56 delegates that were there They pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Do you know who they pledged them for? It was for you and for me. They gave everything they could. If I can think of an example of Jesus in the natural world, you can't give more than everything you have. Jesus pledged his life, his fortune, and his sacred honor He actually went and suffered in hell. He pledged his honor. Do you understand, do you get how deeply the sacrifice was for Jesus? And for these men, representing future generations. Now I I understand and I, I know that when I start out by promoting nationalism, duty, honor, I recognize that some of you might already be wondering Okay, when are we going to get to the, to the preaching part? When are we going to get to, to Jesus and the Bible? We never left it. We never left it. Okay? It has never been separate. We've been taught a lie that there's supposed to be a separation between church and state. That lie was presented not that long ago. If you think of the, the history of our country... People took a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to his wife, a personal letter, and it had nothing to do with pulling God out of governance. And they twisted it. And they said, if we can convince the Christians, if we can convince the churches, they have nothing to do with government, we can take over this country. And they did it, period. They did it, but it's not the end. See, if we understand our roots, if we understand the heart of the men that that wrote the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, if we understand even before that, the people who gave their lives coming to America recognize what they gave. So I have a question, and I want to answer this today. What does it mean to be a Christian and an American? I think we, we have, not only in the separation of church and state lie, as a a general church in the country, but even in our circles that we grew up with, to, to walk in with a flag, first of all, and to promote it, to have it like honoring the flag, would have felt as if it's dishonoring to God because we have felt and believed the separation it is a lie okay it's a lie this is not separating from God this is honoring what God did the men who who gave their lives for our country did not do it apart from God i want you to hear something i'm going to read a few quotes The first one is actually uh, just a recent one, July 1st, 2022, Dutch Sheets. uh, He, in his podcast, he had one that was called I Must Have America. And I want to read what he said because this is my heart as well. He said, I am unashamed of the love I have for America. It is not an arrogant love, believing that we are superior to other people, nor is it a selfish love, believing that we're more important than other people. For God so loved the world is the heart of the gospel. Yahweh loves the beggar in Calcutta as much as he loves the billionaire in Silicon Valley. My love for America is based on patriotism. I freely admit that I love my homeland, but it is also spiritual. In the year 2000, the Lord imparted to me his passion and heart for America. He loves and needs us. The United States has a unique assignment, being birthed by God, to trumpet the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. As he and I wept together on that sacred occasion, his words are forever seared into my heart and soul. Jesus said, I must have America, and he will. I wanna share a couple words then from, from some of our founders, because their words are profound and eloquent. I long to hear leaders in this country speak again as they did. I really do. I want you to let the fire of their love, their dedication, their patriotism, I want you to let it permeate your soul. Listen to their hearts. First of all, I want you to listen to Patrick Henry. And he was speaking in favor of going to war for our independence. He says this, And I'm I'm skipping quite a few things in here. I'm just going to pick out a few sentences, but listen to what he says. Should I keep back my opinions at such a time through fear of giving offense? Should I consider myself as guilty? I should consider myself as guilty of treason towards my country and of an act of disloyalty toward the majesty of heaven, which I revere above all earthly kings. We must fight. I repeat it, sir, we must fight. An appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left us. They tell us, sir, that we are weak. But when shall we be stronger? Shall we gather strength by irresolution and inaction? Sir, we are not weak if we make a proper use of those means by which the God of nature hath placed in our power. Three million people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country as that which we possess are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, the brave, Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Can you feel the weight of what he was saying. This was not a scripted uh, statement. He was speaking from his heart. He was saying, this is it. We give it all. We give everything to this. And we trust God. Can you feel his firm reliance on God? He was resolved. He knew that God would, would help that this was a holy cause of liberty, that God had called them here for freedom. You don't know what freedom is until you don't have it. I want you to listen to Benjamin Franklin addressing the Continental Congress while they were writing the Constitution of the United States. If anyone says that God had nothing to do with, or that Benjamin Franklin was not a born-again Christian, they are lying to you, okay? It is from the devil trying to convince you that the church has no business, that Christians have no business in politics, in governing. Listen to Benjamin Franklin. I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. And I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little partial interests. Our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and a byword down to future age. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers, imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations, be held in his assembly every morning before we proceed to business, and that one or more of the clergy of this city be requested to officiate in that service." Ha, 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 ha. And that began the tradition of opening Congress with prayer. Why, were they asking? Why were they praying? They were humbling themselves before God, saying, we are not enough. We need you. They were living this in God we trust. They had to. So where am I going with all of this? you might actually be asking yourself, well, what, what should I do? What does it mean for you? I want to remind you of something. Those men formed this country for Jesus. They, they formed this country for the glory of Jesus, the glory of God and of his son. There's one thing that bound all Americans together, regardless of their origin, and it was the desire and the willingness to do whatever was necessary to worship God in freedom. We even have some brothers here from from another country, other countries, and I would say, welcome, and let this be your motto. Become an American, and let this be your motto. Become part of it see we all came from other places if we trace us back far enough and we our forefathers came here for a specific reason why did the Anabaptists come here why did your father forefathers come here in Proverbs 29 2 it says when the righteous are in authority the people rejoice but when a wicked man rules, the people groan." See, the people in Europe were groaning. They were groaning under the burden of dictators. So if we just focus on Jesus, think of Jesus, okay? Why does he want America? Why has he made it my focus? When I ask him, what, what's on your heart for this Sunday? It was no question. He said, I want America. Why does he want America? Why has he made it my focus? It's because I'm an American. He, He just showed me this last night. I told my wife, I said, if I don't say this, you remind me to say it. He said, If I would highlight to you all the things I'm doing around the world, you'd run around the world trying to do all the things I'm trying to do. You're an American. I want you to be an American and do what I'm doing here. Work with me here. He has given me a love for this country because he loves this country. Do you understand, there's no separation. In his heart, when he thinks of America, He loves us, and he gave his life for us. He gave his life so that we could be here in freedom, worshiping him. Not only that, we are to be a light to those around us. We are to be a light to the world. The darker the country, if you look at countries that are completely shut off and closed, how much light are they sending around the world? They have to escape. They have to get out. But the country itself, the leaders of the country, if you look at, again, I'm going to mention, go to the the courthouses, go anywhere, public buildings, and look, there's scriptures all over. They engraved it on stone so that you couldn't deny it. And people are still denying it because they have believed the lie. If the king says that he wants something, then why do we not pledge ourselves to it? Jesus is the king, and he wants freedom. It is for freedom's sake that Christ set us free. He is described in Isaiah and the prophets as Savior, Messiah, Prince of Peace, In fact, Isaiah 9, uh, verses 6 and 7, if you have that, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it. I'm going to read that in a little bit here. But sometimes I think that Jesus becomes just an idea in people's minds instead of an actual person that they can have a relationship with. But I want to ask you this question. Do you know Jesus in a personal way? Is he your counselor? Is he your Prince of Peace? Have you heard his heart for America? Let's read Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Have you guys ever experienced the zeal of the Lord of hosts? He's pretty fiery. When he wants something, he gets it, he's the creator. He's the good creator. Do you understand? He brings us with him. We need to remember who we are promoting to the world. He promised to never leave us or forsake us. He is loving and compassionate. He is merciful and kind. He loves us with an everlasting love. His mercies are new every morning. He is a good shepherd. He is full of grace and truth. He is love. He wants to have daily conversations with each one of us. He wants us to know his compassion and love. but He also wants us to know him and trust him in his power and in his strength. See, our founding forefathers learned to trust the strength of God. They learned to rely on divine providence, that's what they called him, it was older English, but they they learned to rely on God himself, okay? There are so many stories. There's a whole series of, of events that happened to George Washington where they, they could not kill him. They tried. Bullet holes in his, in his coat and no bullet hole in him. All kinds of things happened where the devil tried to take out these men, but God fought for them. I had a vision On January 5th, 2022. And this vision was that America was being saved. I saw the map. If I could share with you the whole story, uh, it it would make more sense because I could share some of the details of it. But I saw this map of the country. And it's like, it wasn't just a map. I was actually pulled up off of it. And there was light surrounding this country. And I realized that God is stationing angels surrounding this country. And light began to shine from regions. And it was actually beginning in this part of the country. And light began to permeate out. And then in other parts of the country. And after a fairly short time, the whole country was light. And I realize that he is redeeming the ground. He is purging every town of all evil. He is redeeming the hearts of the men and women here. The revival that's coming is not just so that we can uh, live quietly by ourselves. He wants us to take his message into the streets, into the cities. He wants us to take his message to the people. He told me that this will mean the rebirth of small town America. And actually it wasn't shortly after that that we have a new marketplace in Dundee and I said, great, this is the rebirth of small town America. (laughs) I, I believe it. There is something happening where people are learning to love their region. See, it begins with us, but not just us. It begins with every small town all around the country. See, we're Americans, even new Americans, even people who are gaining citizenship. We are Americans. So we love this country. This is part of our message. If all you have is the message of uh, freedom from sin, you get people that are saved, and then what's their purpose? They, They see evil around them. In fact, how do you feel when you see People in in authority doing evil. It's discouraging. The people groan, right? We felt it ourselves when we see things happening and we say, well, that's foolishness. Of course it is, because they're not living actually according to this. I want to remind you again, we have been given a unique calling and an opportunity because of our heritage. We are the Anabaptists, we are descendants. And if you're not a descendant of Anabaptists, you live in an area where that's what's here, so you're part of it. Marry one, if you got to. (laughs) The The Lord has, he has shown me that there is something, and it wasn't just me, this has been a message he's been showing, that he has called us to something. You see, when I think of my heritage and I think of the people that were being persecuted for being baptized again, they had been baptized as infants into the Catholic Church, and they said, we want to be baptized as believers. And by doing that, it was heresy to the church, and it cost them their lives. They were martyred. Think of the martyrs. What did they die for? If you think of this, what did these men die for? They died for something, they believed in it. What did the martyrs die for? They believed in it. They believed in it so much that they would fight, in li- fight to be first in line to die. Because they said, we know that there's more and we want people to be free from the tyranny of control. When I look at how the early church was persecuted and it it dispersed the believers throughout the world, there was real persecution. Paul himself, Saul of Tarsus, he, he was a persecutor. So there was real persecution, but not on the scale, not on the scale of the Anabaptists. There was a time where there were over a thousand Anabaptist hunters hired to hunt down and to kill Anabaptists. They were such a threat to those who were trying to control the world that they tried to kill them out and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. So they figured out another way to do it. They met with them and made a deal. They made a deal with them. And they said, if you agree to be silent... We'll give you land. If you agree not to proselytize and evangelize, we'll give you security and safety. And the leaders at the time agreed to it. So if you think of our people, let's just say Amish, Mennonite, and ancillary groups, what do we have? I hear it all the time. I feel like we don't have a voice. Oh, they gave it up. See, there was an agreement made with the devil for security and safety, quiet, calm, pacifism. Let me be silent and quiet, and I won't hurt anybody. Give me land and give me security. But what they gave up was worth far more than what they gained. What happened to this? What happened to the the, the tenacity of the Anabaptists? When I point to the flag, I, I'm pointing to all the people who have given their lives. If you don't, if you want something sobering, go to a cemetery that's all military cemetery. Go to Arlington National Cemetery. when I think of all the people the men and women who died who they believed in something and they died for it how dishonoring for me to say well yeah we're supposed to be separate see the Anabaptists, the early Anabaptists talk about our founding fathers in our country how about Felix Mons, George Blaurock, Conrad Grebel these guys They knew what they were doing was going to cost them their life and they did it anyway For you and for me They did it so that we could be free so that we could actually Have the Bible. I mean I could name a bunch more names William Tyndale Translating the Bible so that we can we can actually read it Martin Luther these men who went against the establishment to say there is more and it is about relationship with Jesus Christ. They died for freedom. It's the same freedom. When the first ship ships landed and the Mayflower Compact was written right in the in the compact is written a firm reliance on God. They said we can't do this without him. We dedicate this land to Jesus to God and to his son Jesus Everywhere you look, people that came to this country dedicated their efforts here to God and to His Son, Jesus. When I think of the setting apart of the Anabaptists, and it, it feels, it's kind of the same question that I had with the Lord when I said, why me? Why, why have you given me this burden for America as an American? Why?" And He said, And and I was asking about just being an Anabaptist. I said, it it sounds a little self-serving for me to say, the Anabaptists are set apart. There is something special that God has called us to do. And it is to revive the old covenant. To make null the agreement with the devil. And say, we will not be silent. We will not sit idly by for peace and security. We will take back this country. I want to see an Amish man run for governor. I, I'm serious. I want, I want to see, I mean, ride your buggy, or your, take your buggy all the way and hitch it up to the, to the Senate building and walk in and take your place. Would that not be awesome? You don't have to quit being Amish. You don't have to quit being Mennonite. You should be who you are. And you should take your place. We have amazing leaders. Amazing leaders. Many of which are sitting here. And many are sitting in so many other churches this morning. Who have felt something and said, I'm not allowed. I'm supposed to be silent. I'm not allowed. I'm supposed to be passive. I'm not supposed to be involved in government. But see, again, that's a lie that we've agreed with it is a lie the Lord answered my question when I was asking about Anabaptists, and I said why me and these are the words that came to me this is how I know it's the Lord because I don't think these words he said the tree does not choose the seed from whence it grows and I thought you are amazing that is a profound statement The oak tree does not go, well, yeah, I came up with that seed and I decided I'm going to be an oak tree. It just grew from its father. It grew from the the seed who, who dropped, the tree who dropped that seed. The tree does not choose the seed from whence it grows. We are the product of those who sowed their bodies in the ground as martyrs. They are the seeds. We are their harvest. Hebrews 11 talks about these all died in faith, not having received the promises. Do you understand that if we abdicate our role and we let it go another whole generation, all of those martyrs in the cloud of witness, witnesses, all of those martyrs, they're waiting for you to take your place, to honor them. You dishonor them when you abdicate your role. When you step back and you say, "I'm supposed to be silent," they say, "No, you're not. Stand up for what we gave our lives for. Stand up. Do something. Listen to what God's telling you to do. Take your place. Take your place." I looked in the back, and there's uh, these business cards that say, "Jesus is King." And I had something in my heart that happened when uh, I drove across the country over Memorial Day weekend. And there was this town. I I'm, I couldn't remember the name of it, so I'm just going to call it Red Valley. Uh, but we were on the the highway doing 80 miles an hour, whatever it was, you know, so you're it's like, and I was driving, and so I couldn't take a picture of it or capture it, but it's captured in my heart. This town was not very big. It, it, it was probably, let's say, the size of Winesburg And there was a sign out um, between the freeway and the town. It was a big billboard, and it said, "Jesus is King in Red Valley." Ha ha ha. I said, "Yes." Yes, somebody is making a declaration here. They're saying, we may not have the whole country, but we got our town. That's what I mean by the rebirth of small town America. We may not have the whole country. We may not have all of Washington, D.C., but we got Winesburg. See, I want to see this. I want to see signs all across our country. I want to see Jesus is king in Winesburg. Jesus is king in Dundee, in Wilmot, Berlin. I want to see Jesus is king in Holmes County. Jesus is king in Tuscarawas County. I want to see these signs. I want this to start it this morning, for real. If you feel like God's calling you to buy a sign, pay for it, put it up, you are abdicating your role if you don't do it. You are being silent if you don't do it. I want to see Jesus is king in Ohio right at the courthouse. I want to see Jesus is king in Pennsylvania, West Virginia. Jesus is king. We're going to take back our small towns. We're going to take back our cities. We're going to take back our controlling government parts, of the areas of our, of our state, the capitals. We're going to take back this country, one small town at a time. It's up to us to do it. See, this involves being interested and connected to your your school board. See, there are things happening in the towns right around us that are really weird, strange, wrong, and we should do something about it. There was, there were votes taken on whether we should have um, gender inclusion bathrooms in Strasburg's local schools. Dover, I think, I, I shouldn't. I should have checked this out before I say it. But I know they voted, and I was thinking that they voted to do that. There's a litter box in the restroom at, home, at West Holmes because there's a girl pretending to be a cat. Why? Because people have allowed it to happen. See, that, all of those things are demonic control. Of the people and keeping the people silent. See, we should be taking our place. We should go, we should walk up and say, This is not happening on our watch. Because Jesus is not honored and glorified in this this instance. What you're doing does not honor Jesus. We should be able to go into the courthouse with the flag and a Bible and say, These are one and the same. The flag is only there because of the Bible. Do you understand? Government cannot stand without the church. Government cannot stand without the support of Almighty God. It will falter and fail, and we're seeing that happen. So let's take it back. Let your heart be filled with hope, with joy, with excitement. See what he is doing, and he will involve you. In one way or another. If you think of, just as an individual, and you say, what can I do? Is there, is there something that I could start out with? My first thing is pray. Spend time praying. Spend time interceding, groaning for this country, groaning for America. Ask him what he wants to see. Ask to see the vision that he has. Because I can promise you something. There are people in Norway groaning for Norway. There are people in Mexico groaning for Mexico. There are people in all other parts of the world praying for their country. And God is raising up people all around the world. If he's calling you to go to another country and do that, then go. If he's calling you to groan for another country, then do it. But if you're an American, you are already here. You are already part of this country. Pray for it. Pray for us. Pray for each other. Pray for our towns and our regions. Pray for those in authority. Pray for the government. And stand against the devil. So when the devil tries to bring things into into be that... Uh, let's say Roe versus Wade as an example. That would not have happened. It would not have stood if every church in America would have said, we're shutting down all commerce in this country. Every person that goes to church says, we're not going to work until that gets struck down. What would have happened? They'd have struck it down immediately because they, at that point, it was still a really weird thing to do. To kill babies. But they let it pass. They let it go. They stayed silent. So now we're taking it back. We're taking ground back. That has been. It's been abdicated for a while. There's been enough years. And enough time. And enough belief happened. That there should be a separation. That even when I say it. Even when I hang this flag in the front. You feel it a little bit. You go. (gasps) Is that, are we, yes, take it back. I know that when we think of our small town or something in our, in our just, our, our small sphere of influence, we think, what, what difference is this going to make? If you would be the only one doing that, I agree with you. Maybe you wouldn't be able to, just by yourself. But you're never by yourself. The moment you do it, you inspire someone else. And they inspire three other people. And they inspire more people and more people. All it takes is one person to stand up to begin inspiring others. That's what it means when it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine. Let your heart feel what what God feels, what Jesus the King feels for America. We are celebrating Independence Day. Don't let it just go as, eh, whatever, it's, I guess, hmm, it's our country. Recognize what role you play here. Let your heart groan. Jesus said, I must have America when he was talking to Dutch Sheets. As a Christian and an American, my calling for you is to dedicate your life, your fortune, and your sacred honor. Dedicate your life, your fortune, and your sacred honor to advancing the name of Jesus in America. Take the name of Jesus to the school board. Tell them it's because of Jesus that I'm here. Take the name of Jesus to the to the Senate and the House of Representatives, take the name of Jesus with you. And there are many who are doing this. Again, you are not alone in this. Bring the name of Jesus' glory by bringing it into our spheres of influence. If I get back to this one last statement, and then I'll close here. And this is, about the Anabaptists and about our heritage and what it means, this revival event happening, Fire in the Hills. It's an event. It's something that's happening. But there's a much deeper rumbling. God is, He is doing some amazing things just in this quickly planned, it's like this buildup and something's happening. Deeper than... Then what any of the, the planners know, <laughs> there's this like, everyone going, how did that happen? See, what God is doing is he's raising people up who are saying, not anymore Well I sit silent. I don't care if it's all planned perfect or not. I'm going to be involved and I'm going to do something about it. That is representative of who the Anabaptists were. The willingness to do whatever it takes to stand for truth. I was standing. This is my last uh, statement here. And then I want to um, invite you. When I'm through here, I want to invite you to dedicate your life, your fortune, and your sacred honor. I'm not going to call you up front because we, we have to learn a little bit more uh, how to do that. There's so much that happens in your heart where you, you, you evaluate and evaluate, do I really want to, oh, I don't know if I can, yeah, I don't know if I'll stand by it, I will better just stay here. So I'm not going to even do that until we get a little bit more free. But I want to say this, the Lord allowed me to hear the sound of victory. I heard a sound. I was I was in the, in the spirit And I was in the presence of the Lord. And I was actually standing. uh, This is happening in my heart. But I was standing on a bluff, kind of overlooking the sea. And I heard this sound begin to happen. And it was was like I, I couldn't tell where it was coming from. But it sounded kind of like this. And it was far away. I could tell it was far away and really loud. And it just grew and grew and grew until it was this roar. And I said, what is that sound? And he said, that is the sound of victory. It's the sound of victory. Let your heart feel the sound, hear the sound of victory. We are winning. Don't let the devil convince you otherwise. We are winning. We are taking back this country. We are bringing honor to the name of Jesus. Okay? We are getting involved in the fight and we're gonna take our place stand with me if you can as I pray I just want you guys to open your hearts to the Lord if he gives you a vision of something if you feel something in your heart take the time to make a note on your phone write it down on a piece of paper send somebody a text do something To remind yourself don't step back then don't step away from it allow your heart to feel what he's showing you father we come to you we honor you we thank you for what you did when you brought freedom to this country when you fought for the founders of our country when you made so that the name of Jesus was honored and glorified and engraved on stones and on buildings and on our money Because it is in you, God, that we trust. And we say, God, bless America. That is our cry, that is our prayer. God, bless America. It is in your name, Jesus, that we trust. And so we ask you for wisdom, for understanding, for vision, for clarity. We ask that we would see and feel and hear what you're trying to show us. Whether it's in the school board or in the state house, whether it's on the town square or in the capital. Father, we open up our hearts to see and hear and feel what you're showing us. In the same way that you gave a vision to the forefathers of our country, you gave a a passion to our founders, the Anabaptists, who gave their lives for the name of Jesus and for the freedom to worship and to be baptized as believers. Father, I ask that you would stir up our hearts with fire, with passion, with joy, with your grace, knowing that you are our king, you are our master, you are our leader, and you are a gracious leader, and you have what it takes. So we honor you and we trust you. We open up our hearts and we say, Lord, send me. Lord, use me. Lord, I'm willing. I pledge. My life, my fortune, and my sacred honor to you, Jesus. And I pledge my life, my fortune, and my sacred honor to this country that you put me in. And Father, thank you for each person that has responded to this call. Thank you that you are taking back this country, that you are bringing people into places of authority, that the church is bringing and responding with vision and passion, with direction and clarity. Thank you that you're doing this, and we honor you, and we praise you, Jesus. Amen.